Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Brandon Shank, and welcome to the Brandon Shank Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Brandon Shank Podcast. I don't know. That, it never gets old. I feel like I'm in a yeah. tunnel getting ready to run out every time I hear that You know music. what's even it's, better? It's a muscle memory. You know what's even better? What's that? This right what? here. Just... <laughs> Come on. Let me hear it. <laughs> Let me hear it. <laughs> I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm in the tunnel, ready to run out. I can smell the hot dogs and the popcorn. I can hear the band playing. You know, it just gets me rolling. High like five, people. Let's go, man. For those that are just listening, Corey's doing a, a beautiful parade wave. It really is. It, it, you know, it takes me right it's to the Macy's Day Parade. One of my favorite things about Thanksgiving, which we're not there yet, but it no, is post Halloween. Right. And. Um, yeah. We were just talking about that before we jumped on, actually, Halloween and uh, how Corey was terrifying his neighbors last night is Michael, Michael Myers. Myers. Yeah, I was Michael Myers. Yeah. A six Fun seven. Fact, the the original Myers. actor who played Michael Myers was six foot seven. And for wow. years and years and years, uh, my friends have been telling me that I should be Michael Myers on Halloween. This just happened to be the year. So I terrified the Is this the, the first time you've ever done it? It's the first time ever. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know why. I just invested well, in the suit and the mask. And, uh, yeah, I don't know why I thought I saw closet. that before. I don't know why I thought I saw it before. Nah, dude. First time. Hmm. Well, it's November. It We're is. Here. You yeah. know what's interesting to me about before we jump into November? I just want to take a 30 second highlight on the rest of October. I was at a buddy's house last night and they had some pretty radical um, decorations, you know, like. I don't even like it just this raven like Edgar Allan Poe that had like red eyes it was constantly like lurching and like a scarecrow on the porch its head would come off like it was like a pumpkin over top of his head and he'd scream and it was yeah. pretty intense and I was amazed at the amount of children that defiantly walked right in the face of those things terrified to get candy <laughs> I was like any other night they're going to mom and dad's house yeah, or mom and dad's bed but that night nah they were they were walking right up to get their candy I was impressed that's cool I like it. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Halloween we our crew, out our, our crew wasn't scared of much. Yeah, they I think it's just a fun house. time for people to get together. You know. Oh yeah. I love I love just people being outside of their homes, hanging out, getting candy. It's just such a great community event. Yeah. You know. Oh, I love, I love it. it. Well, it's November, and in my opinion, this is when pumpkin spice should actually launch. Okay. Even if you don't like pumpkin spice, November first yeah. is when it should actually launch because nobody eats pumpkin pie in September, and if you do, that's fine. But we all know that pumpkin pie. Goes with Thanksgiving. I would. I mean, you can would, go anytime. I would eat you can in do September, what you want. but yeah, yeah, I would too. I actually had some in September, but that's oh, not the man. point. The I'm point jealous. is pumpkin spice. Oh, you 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 said you haven't had any in September. Pumpkin pie? No, I yeah. haven't had pumpkin pie yet. I'm jealous. Mm. Well, this I, I had some. some last week. My mom actually made some. Mm. This is when pumpkin spice should be at its strongest. Right now, November first. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, it's yeah. a crazy time of the month. Yesterday, the Commanders, the Washington Commanders, traded their entire team away. Montez Sweat, <laughs> Chase Young are both gone <laughs> to our, our best D linemen. We're cleaning house. Um, yeah. I'm believing in it. I'm believing that we're making a great turn. What does November 1st mean to you, Corey? What does today bring? I feel like November 1st is a fresh beginning. It's like January 1st for me. It's something about the, the, school, the school year has started. Halloween is over. Here comes the holidays. All the commercials are going to have snowflakes and Christmas jingles. Like, I just feel like it's, you know, now this is like one of the favorite times of year. Yeah, 
I'm just waiting for my wife. Excited. I'm just waiting for my wife to tell me that we're decorating tonight. <laughs> I think I say I saw. I thought I saw something the other day. I think it was from her where yeah. there was a bunch of bags. That's you. Uh, yes, that was her. Yeah, groceries. <laughs> but she she zoomed into the Christmas tree. Oh. Uh, little Debbie, she loves those oh. things. But um, those are good. The white ones, little white little yeah. Debbie trees. So I had those all the time growing up. Coming up, my wife last week hit me up with the Christmas decorations. No, Monday. Mm. We were out and about, and I saw the cart, and I was like, what's that? She was like, what's, what's that? <laughs> Already getting some stuff. <laughs> She's like, they ran out last year. I got to get early. I was like, oh, my My, my wife sent me a video. Actually, my friend TJ sent my wife the video, and then he texted me. He was like, I'm so sorry. And uh, But it literally was someone had taken their Christmas tree that was clearly already set up in their house, and they put a sheet over it and two, put two black eyes so it looked like a ghost. And they're like, here's what you can do with your Christmas tree before <laughs> But like as so Halloween is still going on. <laughs> are you guys decorating tonight? I I hope not. I have baseball tonight, so <laughs> okay. that'll be my excuse to be like, no, nah, I'm taking the boys to the field. And she can decorate if she wants to. <laughs> I understand that. Yeah. Well, it's a sad day. You know, um, all of those. Never oh, yeah, you know, I know. Yeah. Matthew Perry know. passed away. And it, I had a weird epiphany. In a selfish way, I'm like, man, Matthew Perry passed away. Last year, Bob Saget passed away. It's like all your childhood stars. You know, you got friends, yeah. you got Full House. Like, and I mean, they're people with families, and so I get that. Um, but it is. It's, these are two people that played big roles in a lot of us who came up watching Friends and Full House. And yeah. I mean, you don't realize how much actors mean to you until they're no longer here, which sounds weird because they're just, I don't know them as people, but having shared the planet with people that, have made an impact even if it's through comedy whatever it may be mm -hmm. um you know you appreciate them yeah absolutely so you know don't ever underestimate the value of people that you'll never meet but that have an impact in your life even if it's just to laugh which sometimes i think it's all people need they need jesus and laughter there you right? go we started Joy. the podcast we said jesus culture sports man why people <laughs> need jesus um but God is in all those things, man. I, you know, it says when people don't understand when it says my joy comes in the morning or the joy of the Lord is my strength. It's like laughter, humor, fun. That's actually our strength is yep. the joy of the Lord. People don't oh, realize yeah. that how much uh, that is God, the laughter and the joy. So um, those are two comedians that, you know, um, made us laugh. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Maybe not in the most appropriate ways, but that's not my point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah made us laugh hey you asked for it oh oh man he nailed it <laughs> don't blame me you asked for it wow I feel like your finger was on that pulse you know what I gotta do with that one I gotta give a little <laughs> that was impressive <laughs> so loud let me turn it down <laughs> There we go. Wow, that almost sounded like a standing ovation clap. You're welcome. Do you have a regular clap and then like a standing ovation clap? And there then is, yeah, there is a regular clap. Like a curtain clap call? Right here, yeah. well, that's regular. Which one did you give me? Or which one would you give yourself right there? I gave myself the cheering one. Oh. Okay. There's clapping and then there's cheering. <laughs> okay. All right. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing yeah. wrong with a little cheer. I'm, so, also, I'm also ready if you say something funny. So. Okay. Well, well <laughs> tell a little joke. <laughs> Come on, man. I've I've been I've been a blast this entire five minutes, and I haven't heard one laughter. <laughs> there it is. There it is. <laughs> Gosh, so good. There, I mean, so good. <laughs> coming on strong today, son. <laughs> hey, so I read this article 
um, and I have a question, but it says, what really happens when Christians stop going to church? Mm. And it said the answer. Now, this answer is not, it, it might not be hard for many to believe, but it might be hard for some to believe. It says they start holding on to their politics. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. It says, yeah, exactly. <laughs> fact, the fact is people become even more entrenched in their political views when they stop attending services. And they say, well, why? It says some churches can be polarizing because of their political views, but most churches encourage people to get along uh, regardless of their political views. So yeah. put your political views aside and get along with one another. So my question is, when people are more political than spiritual, what are they really holding on to? I would suggest it isn't faith. And I've come, you know, you know, people go to church and they're, they'll fight you over politics, but they won't really fight over the gospel. Right. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm curious when you think about this, you know, Christians that are extremely political. So what are they really holding on to? Are they holding on to politics? They hold on to Jesus. I think we both know the answer. Um, but it says when people stop going to church, what do they do? They hold on to politics. So when you have people that are really involved in church and they start to fade away and they become really entrenched in a particular worldview and they become passionate about that worldview and that becomes their world. Well, it's because their stability is no longer their stability. And the church, is it stability? You better believe it. Is Jesus stability? You better believe it. You can have Jesus without the church. You can know Jesus without the church, but you can't have the fullness of Jesus without the church. It's yeah. not possible. Yeah. Not possible. So what are your thoughts? It's good. Oh, goodness. Yeah, I mean, I think it's control. I think there's a level of, uh, you know, thinking about the, the political sh- sphere whatever influence it has on people's lives it's wanting to literally not even just control your life but control other people's lives and we view that through the lens of well politics does that and if i want you know i have these beliefs and so therefore my country has to have these beliefs it's just control man like that's how i view it it's oh yeah not only do i want control of my own life which speaks against faith you know, because we're supposed to die to ourselves, but it speaks to, well, I want everyone else to be under the same control that I'm under. And yeah, man, it's just, it gets divisive really fast. Oh, super fast. Yeah. So it's just my question is a great answer. So I have been criticized pretty heavily for my candy choices last week. <laughs> it seems like my candy, my candy choices and my Christmas comments. Um, I yeah. can't even live my life anymore. I, I can't be a normal person. The critics <laughs> are everywhere. And they're pretty harsh, you know, yeah. um, it, it's, it's not friendly. And so, um, you know, I'm going to put myself out there again. I figured why not? So when you think of November 1st, I mean, it's a big time of year and this isn't Christmas. This isn't Thanksgiving. This is November. It's yeah. a different holiday, right? Just fall. They call general. November, no school, November here in Virginia beach because <laughs> kids are out of school. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We've got a Friday and a Monday and a Tuesday coming up yeah. and there's no vacation. It's not a special day. It's just, no. Yeah. Out. So what are your top three favorite things to eat, smell or experience in November? Okay. Eat, smell and experience or experience. You get three or experience. Would you like me to start? Because I've, I, I wrote oh, sure. the we can volley so I, back I kinda, and forth. Yeah, we can volley. Yeah. So yeah. my first one yeah. is I love the smell of a candle with spruce or fir in it. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I was gonna say some kind of woodsy yeah. candle. Yeah, yeah. that's where that's I'm at. That's my jam. Yeah, I mean pumpkin pie is not bad either. Well, actually, number two is pumpkin pie. For me. <laughs> yeah, I'm eating I'm eating pumpkin pie yeah. while yeah. smelling a candle <laughs> that smells like spruce or fir. <laughs> there you go. And then my number amazing. three. Yeah, my number three was coffee with a good flavored creamer. That's good. That's really yeah. good. I do it. like 
I like two things. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bundle them in one. I do like, because we, we have a uh, fireplace here. So I do like campfires and fireplaces. Oh, yeah. It's always good. So Those we've got a yeah, we've got a chimney and everything. We light up that fire here soon. It's actually really cold. We don't have our heat on. It's really cold in my house today. So yeah, I turn my heat on. It's the yeah. highest fifty three, which is it's, ridiculous for Virginia Beach. It was eighty five on there. Monday. Yeah, it's chilly out there. It's windy. It's supposed to get back in the mid seventies tomorrow. So yeah, it's gonna I don't be know, cold. Those of you who aren't from here, the fifties don't hit Virginia Beach till January. No, and then usually it's not. Yeah. It's just random. You know, we'll get an eighty degree day in February, but. 50s here don't happen until after the year's over. Like, we're in the 70s usually through November. So we're supposed to get back in the mid-70s tomorrow. So, yeah, we're supposed to have baseball tonight. I think can't use them composite bats in this cold weather. I'm like, nah, we ain't <laughs> nah, doing man. that. Yeah. We've got a tournament this weekend, but we'll be all right. <laughs> Say, yeah. you know what, guys? <laughs> uh, I don't know. So um, the word is out. This is a, a couple of articles. The word is out, and the research has been submitted that the weed, the marijuana, the cannabis – that Mary people have Jay. been using the Mary J. I'm just coming up with people, different names. Sorry. Yeah, the 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 Mary J. That people have been using for anxiety is actually making it worse. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Can you believe that? I Who mean, would have thought? Um, and it's backed by science. It's been promoted as something that can be an effective treatment for anxiety problems, but independent scientific studies shows that it's an ineffective treatment, and some studies have shown that it actually worsens symptoms. And so we know anxiety is the world's disease. Fear. It is the one thing that we can't control but controls us. That's why alcoholism is where it is. People can't deal with life, right? They get addicted to a a narcotic. That's why opioids and... um, the, the use of drugs and prescription pills, it's fear and anxiety that drives us to inebriate. Mm-hmm. And I heard it said once that everything the Holy Spirit has, the devil has a counterfeit. So the Holy Spirit has peace and joy and love and grace and strength and patience. And the, Holy, and the devil just gives these quick fixes that physically inebriate you, but worsen the problem. Yeah. And that's why there's an, an issue with all these things. Yeah. Um, so when I read it, it wasn't a surprise. I mean, somebody who's come through anxiety and depression, all those things. When I read it, I was like, oh, yeah, of course it isn't. Because you don't fix a problem. You inebriate a problem. And then even in the process, if it doesn't fix the problem, the anxiety is worse. Because now what you thought would fix the problem isn't fixing the problem. It's creating more of a problem. So you can't fix the problem that is overwhelming your life with panic. And now you don't know what to do. A lot of people come out of panic because they find a solution or a, way, a breathing technique or something that makes them feel like they're in control of the panic. Yeah. That's how the anxiety gets you overcome it is you feel like you're in control again. When you rest in God, you know that he is the one who controls. He doesn't mm-hmm. control the fear, but you know he's the one who can fight those battles. He, you know he's the one you find a peace in. Um, when I flew over to Israel years ago, I had panic attacks for 12 hours on the way over. And I just I knew I was going to Israel. I knew that I was going to go toward the Holy Land. I wasn't getting off that plane for nothing. And even when I got over there, I had some of them. But I knew like this is I'm not leaving for anything. And it was in the middle of me going through my suicidal depression. And the Lord, he was my strength in a way that I know him so intimately in that way now that there's a piece of like, he's always here. He's always there. He's always relevant. He's uh, omniscient. He's omnipresent. Like he's the fix for everything that I never have to worry about finding a solution. He is the solution. Yeah. Absolutely. Fixes everything. Yeah. It's the core of everything. Mm Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, so, always better to yeah, always to uh, better to address the core than 
I mean, stuff something, cover up something, yeah, inebriate, like, you name it. Like, it's, it's just not actually addressing what's happening. It's not addressing the core of your anxiety or fear or worry or doubt. It's just pacifying it for a moment. Uh, well, and I think what we solution. do, in, and what we do in the world, what we do in our perspective is we take everything physical and try to find a physical treatment for a spiritual ailment, right? Yeah. So if you need open heart surgery, you're not going to lay on the bed in the gurney in the hospital and say, don't operate on me, doc. I believe in God's going to heal me. Well, he will mm -hmm. heal you. He'll let that doctor saw your chest open and fix your heart and put it back together. And modern medicine is God's way of healing you. Yeah. That's it's physical things. Just like we've been reading in Malachi three in church. It says, God's like, I'm going to, I'm going to open up the floodgates. I'm going to bless you. How I'm not going to let your grapes fall early. So you get all the money from them. I'm not gonna let disease hit your crops. Like those are things that are physical that are increasing wealth physically, but they're spiritual things God's doing. Right. Yeah. So for, for this example, you have this anxiety or this fear or this divorce that you can't get through or this, um, relationship that's been battered or this financial thing you can't fix. And then you go and you get high or you get drunk or you, you, you get, you know, Oh, you, you dose up on something and that's the solution. But I think this is where people don't realize Satan's goal is checkmate, right? His goal is to, it says he comes to seek, kill and destroy. So it's three different things. He wants to find you and he wants to kill you and he wants to destroy every trace that you even existed. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. um, that's a part of it is he wants to destroy you. That's why people struggle with addictions for 30, 40, 50 years because he is not going to relent. He will wait until he can destroy you and to destroy your reputation, destroy every impact you made. Satan wants to erase your existence from the face of the earth because he knows you were beautifully, wonderfully made, that you were crafted by a king. Like that's, that's his goal. So when I read articles like this, it's like, well, why would we ever think something like that would fix an issue that is spiritually, uh, it's a mental spiritual issue. Yeah. Fear is a mental spiritual issue. Anxiety is yeah. a byproduct of fear, right? Mm hmm. So yeah. even the whole thing right now with Israel, you know, the war that's going on with the Palestinians and the Jews. This is not a new thing, right? Why do you think a country the size of New Jersey gets world attention every time it goes to war? Mm -hmm. Because it's this. This is where this is the Holy Land. This is these are the Jews, and there there is this this relationship and the Word of God. And Jesus was a Jew. Like there was a reason that this place. I mean, it's it's interesting when I went over the Holy Land. The the Muslims when they took Jerusalem, they actually walled up the gates where they said in Revelation Jesus was going to come through and all this. Like they actually try to stop what Jesus is going to do with physical things like a brick wall, right? Yeah. Um, and right now the Palestinians, when I went to Bethlehem to see the site where Jesus was born, we had a Jewish tour guide that had to get off the bus. Did I say this last week? I don't think I did. Did Not I tell last this story? Week. No, no, no. So, I've heard this story before. Yeah, but yeah, we had a Jewish tour guide that had to get off the bus when we got into Palestinian territory right before we got into it. And then a Palestinian tour guide got on the bus. And when you get there, Palestinian, there's a lot of Muslims, right? So it's mm -hmm. this, it's, it's this Muslim culture versus Christian culture. That's the battle over Jerusalem. And that's why I don't understand why people think that if we all just believe in God, well, the scripture says that those who believe in Jesus have access to God, right? So that's the tension. Yeah. It's, it's those who believe in Jesus have the access to God. So I say that because it's, we look at this war and everybody's like, oh, what's, you know, how are we going to be apart? And, you know, the Jews are fighting the Palestinians. And it's like, this is a war that has been going on from the earliest of times. Yeah. Right? The earliest of times. 
and it erupts, and these volcanoes eventually erupt, and it goes. And this is just this is the state of spiritual warfare right now, and this is uh, the height of of demonic. It just is what it is. People can make it into some tension and some conflicts, and people aren't getting along. This is a spiritual war, one hundred and fifty percent. Every war is right, but we just don't think of darkness having the play in our life and light having the play in our life where there's there's the bible says there's angels there's demons there's forces at work and i think the reason that we struggle so much with seeing situations or our fear or anxiety or the addictions we think that we are humans that have human things and the addictions are just ways for us to fight against urges we don't realize it's an assassination attempt from the dark from darkness to take our life yeah yeah, we don't realize that the addictions, the things that seem harmless, like pornography. How is that so bad? It's going to take your life. Yeah, it's going to take your family. It's going to take. So what happens when it takes your wife, and then you can't deal with the fact you lost your family, and then you go into an alcoholic addiction, or you go into a drug addiction, or you go into a suicidal? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. The goal of everything that's not God is destruction. Mm-hmm. To destroy you, and so when I read articles about weed. And about how it's not helping anxiety, you're thinking, well, duh, like it's not going to. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. there are things in our life we can do. I know that that help you. Uh, I like to eat food, right? Our church is in a fast today, so yeah, we're not eating, but I like yeah. to eat food. It's something that makes me feel good. Uh, yesterday we took our staff out for pastor appreciation, and we Ooh. kicked it, and we had a good time, right? And we mm. ate good, right? Yeah, we did. Why well, we like to eat good? We like to eat. Yeah, that's something that nourishes you. I like my coffee. Um, you know, I like things. But when it comes to addictions that destroy your life, and these are the manipulations of darkness, and then you look at people say, well, what about wars? It's all the same thing, right? It's spiritual. It's people dying. It's people that are innocent in these different parts uh, over in the, the Middle East that are dying that haven't done anything to anybody. It's yeah. darkness. It wants to destroy the children. It wants to destroy the men, the women. It wants to destroy everybody who it can, anybody who can get convinced that war is a good thing, whatever it may be. It wants to destroy. And I know war sometimes is necessary. You don't have a choice. you got to fight. I get it. Um, so for all those pacifists, I don't agree with that. I think, yeah, you gotta, sometimes you got to fight, right? It's like mm-hmm. a bully. Sometimes you got to step up to the bully uh, and protect. I get that. But what I'm saying is this is all spiritual. And we lose sight of the church. We lose sight of Jesus. We lose sight of power when we don't realize that everything is spiritual. Yeah. It is all trying to take your life. And it's that simple, and it is that accurate. It's good. You know, yeah, and I no, think no that, hand claps or nothing. Oh, I mean, I sorry. Nothing you know, oh, man. I can't even right. get like a. Mm, good. Uh, that's good, man. I don't have any of those. I'm sorry. Maybe I'll yeah, have to. Right. I don't that's really good, like Pastor. That's good. I, don't really, see, I, don't, I just like hand claps better, I think. Maybe a little whistle. Like, <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so I just think when people don't realize that this is an eternal world, this is an eternal fight we're in, and Jesus is coming back, but like these, all these things in the media, and it, it's such such low-level stuff compared to what God can actually do in your life, the freedom yeah. he can provide and the wholeness he can provide in families. Be like, I just don't see why church is important. I don't, I don't see why this is important. It's like, because you don't realize that you're in a, a, a legit spiritual fist fight and you're losing. And you think you just have things that you enjoy doing. No, it's destroying your family. It's destroying your marriage. It's um, And so, yeah, people who use weed to inebriate because they don't want to deal with life and it's making things worse. Well, yeah, it's not solving your problems. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not fixing anything. Yeah. And you need you know, people, seem- man. You need you need that support system that when cuz you know, anybody that could be listening or watching whatever, like you you may not be there right now, 
But I think the the deception and the cunningness of the enemy is he does it little by little by little, and he convinces you, oh, it's just a little, it's just a little, it's just a little. But before you know it, you're so far off God's trajectory for your life. And then when you don't have people around you to help support you in that season to get back on track, I think so many of us feel like we can, well, I can do it myself. And, well, man then loneliness feeds in and that breeds other things. And it's like, you just, you need people around you. Iron sharpens iron, man. Like you, you have to have that. And that's oh, yeah. where, yeah, that's the fear of like, well, I don't need the church. I don't need, no, you do like God built it this way for a reason. Um, yeah. Cause he knows us. He knows what we need. Well, and I think it's, it's, it's um, to me when people write off addictions as pleasures, it's because it's now become a part of their daily routine in order for them to survive. Yeah. It's now yep. survival. They just say it's a pleasure. It's survival at yeah. that point. Um, so it wouldn't be a podcast without talking about Taylor Swift, but <laughs> I want to, I want to talk really quickly about, uh, <laughs> I want to talk very quickly about, uh, how messed up the thinking is like how jacked up the world's thinking is everybody looks at Taylor Swift and she's dating Travis Kelsey and she's got this world tour and Rotten Tomatoes gives her a 10 out of 10 for her theater, her movie that she made of her tour and it's in theaters and all the Swifties are out. Like there is nobody more glorified than Taylor Swift in so many ways. She is the yeah. world's celebrity, the world's sweetheart, right? And she seems like a genuinely great person. I don't yeah. know her, but she seems very kind. She loves her. She loves the fans. But she recently addressed some sexuality rumors that I thought was really powerful because what she said, it's so funny to me how many people are trying to get approval from the world and from the media and from, I want people to look at me, I wanna have fashion, I wanna look a certain way so that people accept me instead of just being who God created you to be. And what she said was, this is what she said, you see in the years preceding this, I had become the target of slut shaming, the intensity and relentlessness of which would be criticized and called out of if it happened today. The jokes about my amount of boyfriends, the trivialization of my songwriting as if it were a predatory act of a boy crazy psychopath. The media co-signing of this narrative, I had to make it stop because it was starting to really hurt. It became clear to me uh, that for me, there was no such thing as casual dating or even having a male friend who you platonically hang out with. If I was seen with him, it was assumed I was sleeping with him. And so I swore off hanging out with guys, dating, flirting, or anything that could be weaponized against me by a culture that claimed to believe in liberating women, but, consist but consistently treated me with the harsh moral codes of the Victorian era. Being a consummate optimist, I assumed I could fix this if I simply changed my behavior. So I swore off dating, and I decided to focus only on myself, my music, my growth, and my female friendships. If I only hung out with my female friends, people couldn't sensationalize or sexualize that, right? I would learn later on that people could and people would. But none of that mattered then because I had a plan and I had a demeanor as trusting as a basket of golden retriever as a basket of golden retriever puppies. I had the keys to my own apartment in New York and I had the melodies bursting from my imagination. So she's addressing rumors that she that she was a lesbian, I guess, or that she was bisexual um, because she only hung out with women. Mm. And so people said that they like she she called it slut shaming. People said that's what she they were doing that to her because she had guys that she would hang out with, and she would hang out with just women so that they wouldn't do that to her anymore because it was hurting her feelings. Then they said she liked women, and she is telling us that this culture doesn't even know what this culture wants, and yeah. the only thing culture enjoys is seeing people fall. The only thing culture oh, enjoys yeah. is seeing people trashed. The only thing culture enjoys is seeing you fail. So um, I told my wife not too long ago. I said, listen, if 
if we're going to fulfill what God has for our life, we have to be used to people not liking us or liking it. You think as a pastor, well, people love you because you love them. Man, it doesn't matter what you start, what organization you start. They will move on without you no matter what, and they will not think about you, and they will not think on you. Why? People are thinking about themselves. Yeah. We, we always get our feelings hurt. It's just not the way the world works. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. I've had more organizations move on without me than one stay with me. It just doesn't the way it works. You can build something for people, and they will step on you to get to it. They do not care. And that's not saying that people are awful. It's saying that the world will bite itself with its own venom and wonder why it feels sick. Yeah. And that's yeah. what she's saying. She's saying that you said I was one way because I hung out with guys, and now you're saying I'm another way because I hang out with girls. I'm just trying to stay out of the media and be liked and know that I'm just a person. And that I can just be who I am, but people can't, the media and people just, they want to tear you apart. Um, and I'm just curious as today, even people listening, I'm just curious. I'm curious how many people have lived their life trying. I think trying to please sounds too, too close. Like it's like family and friends. I'm t- how many people have not really been who you are and who God's called you to be and what's been stirred in you? Um, because you're afraid of what people think. You haven't really found yourself. Yeah. It wasn't until I went through the years of the suicidal depression where I really thought I, I found myself. And the reason I did, it was the first time in my life when you, when you stand that close to the gates of darkness and the gates of demonic and hell that you realize I don't, it's not that I don't care what people think, but I really don't. I got I to gotta be what God's calling me to be. And I want to be who I'm happy with and God, what God's put inside of me and not what people think. Because... It's not worth it. Mm-hmm. It's not worth life, man. Nah, dude. Yeah, you're preaching to the choir right now, man. <laughs> tell him. Tell him. Tell yeah, him. Yeah, I know that feeling, man. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I've, I've struggled with, kind of my, my whole life with this feeling of like just never being good enough, and which has caused me to strive really hard to become good at a lot of things. And mostly that was rooted in wanting to make my dad proud of me. And then that transfers to other people. You know, my dad passed away kind of tragic, tragically. And so there's recently I've gone through counseling and those that's a person that I can't talk to. I can't reconcile things with cause they're not here anymore physically. And so, you know, you don't, you don't know these things about yourself until you start, you know, going through counseling or doing a lot of self-reflection and, and so, yeah, I've constantly been striving and striving and striving just to be good at things to make other people proud of me. And it wasn't until this kind of second bout that I had with depression and not being able to sleep and, you know, literally almost taking my own life to unpack all of this stuff. And for the first time in my life, um, as I was kind of starting to get better and unpack things with my counselor, God was just like, I love you. <laughs> and it was like, well, God, I, well, what am I supposed to do? Am I going to do this? Do I need it? He's like, nothing. Stop. Like, just stop. Stop, like, searching for approval here and here. Like, I just love you. It doesn't matter what your title is, what your label is, what you do. It's not what you do. I just love you. And for the first time in my life, it was this huge release of, I don't have to be anything. Like, or what I thought, whether it's a musician or a worshiper or a pastor or a this, that, and the other, or like, I felt like I was just striving in so many areas of my life. And it was like, yeah, you, God strips away all those identities and things that you thought 
you were. And it was like, like you said already, it's, it was like meeting myself for the first time. And it was like, Oh man, this is actually what it's like to have a relationship with God. When you get rid of all the clutter and God just kind of reveals who you are with him. And God's like, that's enough. That person is enough. And then moving on from that place in my life has been the most refreshing thing as a father, as a husband, as a pastor, as a, you know, an employee, whatever, like moving on from that place because my mindset is, yeah, I want to, you know, I want to make God proud, but he's already proud. (laughs) Like it's like, and so, yeah, I care about people in my life. I do want, you know, the people close to me to be proud of me, but it's rooted in a different place. It's, I'm not striving anymore. Like I know who God has created me to be and I'm content in that. And I know we've talked a lot about that word recently, that it's not complacency. I'm, I want to get better. Um, but it's Contentment just different. isn't saying I don't want to do more in my life and, and achieve. It says I'm content in you, God. I'm content with yes. where you have me and what you're doing in my life. Do you feel yeah. like when I feel like some people listen to this may, may hear you and think, that what you're saying is that God will disarm your ambition, but that's not at all what we're saying. No, what no, we're I'm, saying is because for me, when I when I like whether I move into a a dream house or I um, buy a dream car or I pastor the dream church or whatever you fill in the blank for you, whatever that may be, mm-hmm. you like what now? Like I had one of my good buddies tell me the other day he's achieved. He's a young dude and he's pretty much achieved a lot of things he set out to achieve. And he said, "Man, nothing's changed for me." Yeah. He said, it's all just as hard. Yeah. And he said, the, the discrepancies in my spirit, the discrepancies in my life are the same. Like, I thought I'd feel different when I achieved this and grew to this and had this amount of money. He's like, nothing has changed. He's like, at all. And it really inspired me. He's one of my closest friends because I look at my life and I know, like, my parents, one day they won't be here, right? One day, um, and I, I would hate to say that about my kids, but you think of people older than you, like, one day they won't be here. They won't be there to share in those things. Like, my wife recently yeah. lost her grandmother in August and... Uh, this time of year, I think a lot about her grandmother because we used to go camping up where her grandma lived. She lived in this beautiful A-frame cabin in West Virginia, and we go camping up there for the holidays. And we're not going up there this year. And um, I think about her her grandparents. In the last three years, she lost both of them, and they were both two of the healthiest grandparents we had on both sides. And it was just so fast. Her grandma passed um, in uh, August with cancer, and really it was a quick battle. And I say that because they won't ever be able to enjoy the things in our life that um, we get to enjoy. They won't get to see the accomplishments or the successes or the failures. Mm-hmm. Like they're not there. And it really does take some wax off that apple because these people that you want to share in those things, they're just gone. Like life moves on and people get old and, and sickness happens. And so yeah. speaking to about you with your dad, all those things, it, it kind of disarms that of, well, what do I do now? I wanted to make him proud. And now he's not here to see that. And we can't always want to, well, they're in heaven watching. Well, let's just talk about right now. And yeah. he's not here yeah. to see that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so I think for people listening, there's there's a value. There's a huge value in what you just said because ambition can be hard if we're not striving. Yeah. Because striving I can... is I want people to see me. Yeah. And I think ambition for some people, when they take away that part, they don't, they're not really that ambitious. They could be content yeah. with a lot less. Yeah, and I think I I learned that I was attempting to get what God was trying to give me all along from other people. 
Like, I yeah. think I was, I was trying to receive something that from other people that, that God never asked me to receive that from them. God was like, I'm, I'm trying to be that person for you. And it, you know, it took me a long time to figure that out, but, um, but on the other side. And so, yeah, just what you're talking about with the ambition, it's dude, I'm just, I like the best way I can explain it to you is, is my counselor said it this way to me that I was a notorious stuffer and that when you're a stuffer, when you talk about your emotions or your passion or your drive, whatever you want to call it, you live with the volume knob turned down. And so emotions aren't frequencies. So they're not like highs, mids and lows. It's just a volume knob. And it's, you're either living with the volume turned down or you're living with it turned up. So what does that mean when you turn the volume up? Well, you experience anger and frustration. They're more intense but so is joy, love, and peace, and you know all of the good emotions. And so, yeah, in some ways, I feel like I'm a little bit more of a volatile person. <laughs> like I experience things as I should, probably. I don't stuff them, but I'm way more passionate about the things in my life. And so my family, my kids, my calling, my relationship with God, um, goodness to yeah especially with my kids right now it's just like there has been a passion kind of reignited in my life that I've never experienced before and that was because I got to that place with God I unpacked those fears and anxieties and and those feelings of not being enough through you know six months of counseling but yeah you feel like man I've met myself for the first time and I'm alive for the first time and my brain is active for the first time. Um, and there's so many powers that come along with it. Now, I've heard you talk about this, and I'd, I'll kind of preface it, but I, the reason I know that I didn't stuff my depression and my anxiety this time, and because, again, I've heard you say this before, and it's 110% real, and I think this is what the enemy continues to try to do, is that depression and anxiety is right behind me. Like it's right there. I could turn around at any moment and and be given back into it if I let it, but I've learned the tools and I know how I'm wired and I know what God is doing in my life to stay ahead of it. But yeah, the enemy is always creeping right behind me. Um, and that's how I know as a stuffer, I haven't stuffed it. It's not just, Oh, it's magically gone. Like, no, that's stuffing. <laughs> and so it's, yeah. It's right behind me and I experience it from time to time. I experience it, but you go back to what God has spoken, the tools mm -hmm. you've learned. And it, again, it's this constant process of being renewed and renewing your mind. Like the Bible talks about, and then you come out just more and more passion, more and more drive. You know, your ambition is multiplied after all of that. It's yeah, not contentment is not, yeah, I'm well now I'm just, content to not do anything no that's not contentment it's i know who i am finally like i see yeah. myself more like god sees me <clears throat> well i think a lot of people they look at it too and they think once i overcome depression or anxiety or these emotions then i'll just be free and i can live my life that's not the case with anything it's not the case with an addiction it's not the case breaking free from an addiction means i don't need it to survive it doesn't mean it's never a temptation um breaking free from gluttony where you just overeat. It's like, no, I have a diet that I'm on. And I hate the word diet because it makes me think of like Diet Coke and 
unhealthy things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you say, no, I have a diet that I'm on that I'm going to stay, I'm going to stay eating these fruits and vegetables and, you know, this, these good carbs and these proteins. It's a different lifestyle. And I think that's what people need to realize is when you come free with, uh, those types of anxieties, um, it's, it is depression. Anxiety is always right there. You know, you can jump back into it when you want because you're human and you know what it feels like to be there, but you know what it feels like to not be there and you know how to stay out of it. That's where I'm mm-hmm. at. I know how to stay out of it. Yeah. I know how to never go back. If I go back, it's partially, it's, it's majority my fault because I'm walking back. It's not for me. It's not an imbalance that I can't control. It's, I can walk back into it yeah. if I choose. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So, and people can overcome it. And that's what I'm saying. We make Jesus so untouchable that it's a story in a book and we don't realize there is real war. There is real fight. There is real danger that it, we're seeing it on our news with Israel right now. We're seeing it on the news when we were fighting in Afghanistan. We're seeing it on the news when we see people shot and killed every day. We're seeing it uh, on, on, on social. When you see adults bully just like kids, they just do it with memes. Yeah. And we laugh oh, yeah. at it. Yeah. It's the same thing. We're bullying people just like kids bully. Um, it's the same thing in the same world. So final thought. Here's my final thought. Gosh, you're good today. I'm on it today. Well, you're, it helps I mean, it's right I in front of I don't of even know. <laughs> final thought again. Final thought again. Final thought again. Here's my final thought. <laughs> One more time. Final thought. Here's my final thought. Yeah, I can't shake him. He's on today, folks. Um, so have you ever watched people running? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> You're just like, wow, they're really graceful at running. I think or you're I like, might wow, know they look like it hurts yeah. when it runs, when they run. Yeah. I see people much. on both sides. Yeah. But I'll tell you one thing that's a fascinating <laughs> fact. Virginia Beach is a very health-conscious city. There's a lot of parks. It's true. A lot of people running. A lot of people running without shirts on, quite frequently, year-round. <laughs> and I respect that. I'll tell you one thing I respect the most. People who run with cargo shorts and T-shirts. And I'll tell yeah. you why. Okay. There are some people you see running that I'm not convinced they plan to run. I think they started off with cleaning their front yard and they just took off running. <laughs> like Forrest gumped it. What or are you they walk out their from? front door and they just they don't stop. <laughs> and some people look at they're running from something. Yeah. They're in full clothes. I've seen people <laughs> running on the side of the road with full clothes, fully clothed. Like that's not a running outfit. That's not even a workout outfit. They're just running. And yeah. I'm thinking that that is what makes America great. <laughs> that's like, special. Yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable. <laughs> I couldn't believe what I was seeing. And I've seen it so many times. I think people hate the idea of exercise. They hate the idea of planning exercise. But when it hits right, you just go. When it hits you right, you just take off. And <laughs> you, you don't, don't got slow time down to change. Yeah. And you know what? When you think about it, I kind of wish I could do that in my life. Yeah. I'd be miserable. I'm, well, you and I are, but we're, we're sweaters. So, I, don't, well, I mean, that's just uncomfortable at that point. I can't understand people that wear jeans because <laughs> they choose to unless they have to. I hate oh, wearing I jeans. I don't have anything against jeans. I'm a, well, the ones they make now are like sweatpants. So they, yeah, the stretchy, they're great. Stretchy yeah. jeans. Yeah. But if I'm like going to if I'm going to kick it one day, I'm wearing like my Under Armour pants or sure, something yeah. like that. Like I got them on right now. You know, mm, uh, jeans I, are yeah. one of those things. If I got a meeting or if I got me, I throw jeans on. I got some nice, comfortable jeans. But yeah. all day, every day, I'm throwing on like some workout gear over jeans. And so yeah. I see people just hanging out, just in their jeans. And they're like flannel. I'm like, dude, that's like a dress outfit for me. I can't just do it. Yeah, or running. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go run. I'm gonna go run a mile. Like, bro, in my, 
in my flannel, my jorts. <laughs> like this guy's got his, this guy got some Timberlands on, on mile three <laughs> boots. Is he scuffing them while yeah, he walks? Dude. Is he scuffing the backs? I don't know. The way he was running, he probably smooth, smooth like butter. <laughs> so next time you see that person running Criminal and they're in cargos, undercover. they're in Sorry. some cargo shorts. I saw a meme the other day. It says, can we never wear these again? And that's a perfect idea of bullying. There are some men out there who love their cargo, sh- cargo shorts. I'm not, I'm not one of them, yeah. but those of you who are, embrace it. Embrace it. Got, that's who you are. You yeah, don't let people got, change that because of a dirty meme, a rude <laughs> meme. You don't you let gotta, them change who you are. Got to have some place for your 12 pocket knives and your hammer. <laughs> exactly. Especially <laughs> if you're running. You don't know how many dogs you're going to encounter. You know what I'm Yo, saying? You have to defend yourself. That's very true. Yeah. I know it's true. You better believe it. Some horror so stories you, there. <laughs> I have, though, man. I have watched people, and I want you all to pay attention to this. Next week, you're driving down the road. I want you to look, and I want you to ask yourself the question, did they plan on running, or did it just hit them right? <laughs> yeah. Because that is the yeah. question that you need to ask. Because I point. am now at a place of confusion with yeah. more than half of the runners I see. I'm not sure they wanted to start this way, but they're doing their thing. Yeah. So and I'm if, thinking about staying in workout gear all the time, and when it hits me right, your boy's just going to go. If they aren't in workout gear, be sure to check if there's anyone behind them. <laughs> Help out if you yeah. can. Yeah. Or if there's police lights or something, just be aware. Just look. If they, if the they aren't in workout gear, it could you could be needing a statement at the end of it. That's yeah, exactly. Say. You're a yeah. witness at yeah. this point. Hey, but what you need to just go run. Just go there run. Go. Enjoy yourself. That's good. Let the wind blow in your hair. Cargo shorts, khaki shorts, nice, thick, heavy Carhartt jeans. It doesn't matter. <laughs> a Michael Myers jumpsuit. A Michael, just, I mean, whatever you got to do, just get it in. Just get, get it. it in, right? <laughs> Let me pray for you. Lord, I pray for each and every listener. I pray that you will be with them, that they will know you see them today. Your hand is on them. You love them. And that you are still the king. You're still on the throne. You've never lost and never will. I pray that they will be encouraged today to know that they are beautifully and wonderfully made, crafted by the great creator. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, we love you guys. We'll see hey. you Sunday, 930. I'm going to change it up. We ready? Okay. I'm going to change it up. Okay. Send us out with some cheers. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Just kidding. We got to hit that outro. What are you talking about? (laughs) Love you guys. Have a great day. (laughs) 